Hello, my name is Allison Warner, and I am the Chief Editor of Orthodontic Products. Thank you for joining me for today's podcast. Today we are recording live in the dental monitoring booth on the exhibit hall floor of the American Association of Orthodontists annual session in Miami Beach. I'm joined by Drs. Barry Benton and Josh Adcox to talk about the dental monitoring effect and the future of orthodontics. So let's get started with an introduction of my guest. My first guest is Dr. Benton. He is a board-certified orthodontist based in Oxford, Alabama. In practice since 2016, his office, Designer Smiles by Benton, has two locations. He received his dental degree from the University of Alabama at Birmingham and his certificate in orthodontics and Master of Science at Louisiana State University. Interesting fact, Dr. Benton is one of the youngest orthodontists in the country to be a diplomat of the American Board of Orthodontics. My second guest is Dr. Josh Adcox. Dr. Adcox received his dental degree from the University of Southern California School of Dentistry and a certificate of orthodontics from the, Va- from the Vanderbilt University School of Medicine. He practices in Harker Heights, Texas. Thank you both for joining me today. I'd like to get started by asking you about your practices. What makes them unique and who are your patients? Dr. Benton, why don't you go first? So for our practice, we're in a more rural part of Alabama, so we don't really have those city slickers, the urbanites coming in. It's very much a rural a country blue collar community, which I love, and these patients are so appreciative of everything that we're able to give them. Additionally, uh, in order to provide some of the best care, we have some interesting facts in our office and interesting uh, developments. We actually started bringing in a therapy dog for our patients to kind of have him interact with them <laughs> and really show you know, that we care and mm-hmm. that we're here not only to fix teeth, but to take care of the person. Right. That's great. What about you, Dr. Agbox? So in Harker Heights, it's a military town, uh, largest uh, army base in North America, Fort Hood. So what's really unique about our area is um, we got people moving in and out all the time and or deploying on uh, assignments. And so it's a unique perspective to, you know, constantly see a, a large demographic. It's kind of a mixing pot and treating a large population from that standpoint. And a lot of people who are moving in and out, it makes it complex to start and finish treatment and and be efficient with it. Okay. Well, when you guys think about the future of orthodontics, what excites you? Definitely the technology aspect and where it's going from here, the digital age, so to speak, and what that allows for our patients. Since we are more rural, some of the patients have to travel long distances to come see us. So that there's ways for us to lighten that load where the kids get to stay in school more often. Uh, I'm excited about that because it's not only, again, taking care of their teeth, but we're taking care of them as a person so that they're able to fulfill their hopes and dreams in life because they're not spending all their days in the orthodontic office. Yeah, so as a partner with Smile Doctors, the reason I joined this organization was one of our main mottos is to love on people first, straight teeth second. Well, technology allows us to focus on the most important thing in front of us, which is the, the patient, right? And when you couple um, artificial intelligence and the future of what we were projecting and seeing, we're just going to improve that experience more and more and more and automate the processes so we can focus on the vital few things in front of us, which are people. Mm-hmm. And that's that's exciting to me. Yeah. Okay. Do you guys think that your practices are ready for this future of orthodontics? So originally, no. <laughs> I, was, I was nervous because, again, since we are a rule, some of my patients don't have an internet connection. Mm, okay. We're still on flip phones. So okay. I was like, are, are my patients ready for this advanced technology? Are they ready to come with me into the technology age of orthodontics? But then COVID happens. 
And all of a sudden, everybody's on Zoom. Everybody's trying to figure out webinars and what that brings to the table. So that was almost like a primer for my patient uh, population to get used to and custom to conducting business through technology instead of face-to-face. Yeah, it was, it was COVID, you know, the <laughs> quarantine just kind of was the gateway to yeah. just be have it be more acceptable and more people more willing to use technology in this way. And not only that, the direct-to-consumer market has kind of pushed people to seek a new experience. Mm-hmm. The difference with uh, how we provide it, especially coupled with um, dental monitoring and, and the AI perspective and, and the platform to interact with patients is you get a, an actual orthodontist on the other end who's communicating, who's a local person that can provide care when the care is actually needed. And that's what patients want. Yeah. They want convenience, they want it affordable, and they want it in, in, the, in the way they want it, right? And so there's a lot of options. And, and so COVID initiated that change for us to digitize a workflow, to be ready for the future advantages that technology is allowing. And uh, so it'll be easier to pivot as it continues to go. And, and that accelerator was was uh, COVID yeah. for us. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I, you know, that's definitely put the focus on this idea of virtual care, which it sounds like you're already doing. How, what does virtual care mean in your practice, using that virtual component? So in our practice, it's actually twofold. We have two different locations that are very different from mm-hmm. each other. Okay. One of them is a very much established practice. It's been there for over 30 years. People know us in that community. And then our satellite is a startup. We hung a shingle two years ago, new to the community, trying to build a reputation and a relationship with the community. So with our established practice, it's more going to where the patients are, providing that comfort and that flexibility with appointments uh, through technology. And our satellite is the opposite problem. We are very limited on space because it was a new startup. So we're actually using technology to extend our clinic boundaries to create a virtual clinic where people don't have to come and see us to get the care. Or we can take care of them digitally since we don't have the space. Okay. So both of you um, are using dental monitoring. So what made you opt for this platform? Oh, dental monitoring, it was, it, for us, um, it was an obvious choice. One, uh, the AI advancements, uh, it just is a way ahead of the game on where AI is compared to other groups. So that was a big one. The, the second one is uh, the app platform on how we interact with patients is important as well for us. And the third is culture. Culture is king. Mm. The partnership we have with dental monitoring and smile doctors is essential so that if, hey, what's a great example is we ask for a certain feature and we ask, hey, could could we modify the experience to be this way? And they listen and they answer and provide it. And that's that's super important to continue to improve the, the experience for the patient and the team and the doctor moving forward in the future. If not, it will just be one of those, you know, shiny tools that we use for now and that, that goes out of style but it's it's not it's it's a new way to communicate and it's ever evolving and it's it's exciting to be a part of it so what about you the very similar answer uh first thing is definitely the artificial intelligence it allows me to process more images more accurately than having myself do it or training a team member to look through those image sets so the artificial intelligence definitely makes it feasible from a workflow perspective and then the other side of it, like Josh mentioned, the culture of the company, 
and what they're able to achieve. As orthodox, we've all brought in new technologies, imaging, 3D, and it seems like once you sign on the dotted line, that's the last you hear. It's yeah. up to you yeah. to figure out how to yeah. optimize it. Mm-hmm. Dental monitoring has a company that wants you to succeed. So once you buy in and start using the product, they're sending staff from dental monitoring to your office to help you have them. They're doing touch points and checkpoints with you to see what are the rubs, what are the friction points, how can we make it better for your office. So it's not just because you all smile doctors and they're this huge conglomerate and group of connected practices. They do the same treatment for a single doctor in the middle of Alabama and yep. just trying to make it work. No, it, it's you're right. It, it's the I've been to even so you mean and the caliber of individuals that work for their organization is unmatched um, that we've seen. And so it's, yeah, like you said, it's a great, um, I want to go back to yeah. what, what is virtual care for me? It's, right. We call it remote care. Okay. And for a couple of reasons, remote care, because I, I, I view this as we are remotely taking care of the patient and then we bring it back in the, into the clinic or the office when care is needed, mm-hmm. right? So it's just a remote transaction and people are kind of used to that. Yeah. Right? But for me, remote is even more, a remote care is even more than just the AI. The AI is a huge component. I, I kind of consider it my virtual assistant. We've made the decisions. The, the AI helps assist us know when we need to, to check on certain things as we go. Our, our DMC, dental monitoring coordinator, allows us to, to function that way. But even more than that, it allows us, remote care allows us to um, automate the process, mm-hmm. not only for the patient, but for the team. Yeah. I can't tell you how big of a load off of my team this has been. For mm-hmm. the painted picture, um, you know, we had a 15 chair clinic. Okay. We used to operate 10 to 12. Now we, we barely do seven to eight. So I have half of my chairs never being used. Oh, okay. But we've grown. 25% on less patients per day, on less days per month. Okay. And it's all because of how we've implemented the processes with remote care, which obviously dental monitoring is a huge component right. of how that works. Yeah. And using a sports analogy to kind of jump off from there, the orthodontist, we're the general managers. We're making the decisions on what players to trade, mm-hmm. what contracts to offer, and then our staff, they're the team that we're putting on the field. Mm, okay. Dental monitoring is that on-field manager that its job is to optimize the performance of our team. So they're supporting our team. It's allowing them to perform at the level, at the best level possible. Yeah. I had a doctor once ask me like, hey, well, when is the AI going to replace the doctor? (laughs) And I heard somebody else actually say this. I can't take credit for it. His name is Zelko Relic. He said, never. AI will never replace a doctor. But the doctors who use AI will replace the doctors who don't. Ah. So it's okay. it's kind of like that Clayton Christensen story. He he spoke, you know, on the theory of disruptors. Mm-hmm. He was at the Harvard Business School professor okay. there, mm-hmm. and his theory on disruptors is an innovation that um, kind of goes against the status quo of the industry leaders mm-hmm. is disruptive, right. right? Well, dental monitoring or AI is that disruptor in the industry right now. So if you don't get on board, you'll be that Netflix of the blockbuster story. Yeah. And it's not going away. So it's like, get on board, understand it, use it, get ahead of the game. 
um, because it's here and it's coming, it's here to stay and it's just getting better. We're just getting warmed up on right. what we're able to do. Okay. Well, a lot of the talk around uh, remote monitoring is with aligner cases, but can you talk about how you're using it with your braces cases? Absolutely. So you have to change your thinking a little bit okay. to apply it to braces. Mm -hmm. So with aligners, the general thought process, we're trying to eliminate in-office appointments. With braces patients, we still need to physically touch them and apply treatment at various checkpoints. So we can't eliminate those hands-on moments, but what we can eliminate is the unnecessary appointments or the inefficient appointments. So where bill monitoring comes in is that it allows us to know ahead of time what's going on in the patient's mouth and to decide do we need to bring them back soon instead of just being in the dark for another five or six weeks, or can this wait till their next appointment? And that way we can keep treatment moving efficiently because braces, braces work. They're inherently an efficient tool. It's only when the braces break, the glue fails, the wire becomes disengaged that things start to happen mm -hmm. outside of our control. Right. So dental monitoring eliminates that unknown, that surprise visit so that braces can truly work to their potential. What's interesting, I was just going over a case uh, with a group this morning, actually. And, you know... You know, class two, deep bite case. You know, if you look at gauge with metrics, it, an average orthodontist is going to take 16, 17 visits for that, which is too many visits. Mm -hmm. Well, we looked at this, and one, if you have a plan, that you, we call it a treatment plan, and like we're going to follow it, that, that gives you a guideline to stay on time with the case and whatnot. But when you couple it with AI, mm -hmm. I looked at this case, and it was just a case I recently debonded uh, two weeks ago. Okay. And I took, I took a look. She, she scanned all the way through, and I, I noticed three important parts of this. We saw our normal increments. We saw, and our goal was to finish this in 11 visits. Okay. We got her done in 11 visits. But what I noticed is there were four um, entries into our chart from AI notifications. I wasn't even involved in any of these. One of them was for a, a, a lower left seven, a lower back molar bracket coming off. Right. We notified the patient, said, not a problem. Here's how we can solution it. You don't need to come in. We'll fix it at your next appointment. Mm -hmm. All automated with the team. Again, that same bracket came off again after we saw her the night. We repaired it. Again, it came off again. Did the same thing. Then we had a notification in there coaching the hygiene because the hygiene started to get a little yucky, mm -hmm. right? And then again, we had another um, wire disengagement or something like that along the way. So we had three potential emergency visits that we normally probably would have seen. And then we coached the hygiene. Right. And we were able to finish on time and keep it to 11 in-office appointments. And then we've been monitoring the, the uh, retention remotely. So when you look at that compared to, you know, 11, let's take a case that costs $5,000. Mm -hmm. your, your value per visit on 11 visits is about 450, okay. right? Which is, which is good. Mm -hmm. When you increase three more visits for that emergencies, which that would normally have been the case here, mm -hmm. That decreases you to 350 per visit, which is a significant difference yeah. in your value per visit. And that's that's where the magic happens. Now, okay, now that's just the tangibles, right? Mm -hmm. We're not talking about the intangibles of like time saved. Right. The patient experience got a notification right away when it happened. Mm -hmm. They understood what to do in real time on the app. Didn't have to make a phone call, wait on the phone, get an appointment, get the patient oh, out of okay. school, mom take off work, all the things, right? Add to our load, the, the, the doctor load, the, the team load, those are all the things like we often don't even think about that are huge in the experience of the process for everybody. And it just automates and optimizes the experience. Yeah. There is, I think the, yeah, key, the key to what Josh was saying, I think 
it's also the treatment plan at the beginning. Having that plan and trusting it and running it. In orthodontics, a few years ago, the buzzword was read and react. And there were systems built around how to optimize reading and reacting to what the patient was bringing in. But when it gets down to it, if you see 100 patients a day, you're making at least 100 decisions in the moment, at the snap of the fingers, if not more. Right. And that gets tired. <laughs> and it gets sloppy. Yeah. So with dental monitoring, you create the treatment plan, you let it run, and then dental monitoring takes all the reading and reacting mm-hmm. out of it because you know in advance what's going on yeah. and you can make the decision to stay with the treatment plan a long time. It's your virtual assistant, right? It's just keeping track and keeping things on course. And now we're not even talking about scratching the surface of what's what the future is going to come with this, mm-hmm. right? We're, we're, we're kind of testing the waters on doing a, an idea of like a just-in-time scheduling idea where we, we put the wire in. We don't, we deliver the care when the care is needed, right? We get the AI tell us when the wire is passive ready to come back okay. and it works. Mm. And it's, it's such an interesting concept. And, yeah. you know, with the advent of indirect bonding with, you know, these custom or semi-custom indirect setups, eliminating maybe repo appointments and detail appointments, which is a lot of doctor time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can start trimming those visits down to even under 10, you know, seven, eight, nine, which is is amazing for braces. And that's where we're about to enter is that whole realm of allowing that to be a possibility. And so that's that's what this is doing. So if if you're not scanning with braces, you're going to be behind on that, too. You got to start dipping your toes in and getting comfortable with it, seeing what it actually does. I'll never forget. I was skeptical. I was. I was like, all right, is this actually going to work? I'll never forget that first alert we got for an upper left seven, the very back molar um, bracket had debonded. And you could, the power chain was on, so I was holding the bracket on. I'm like, it's not off, you know? And so I zoom in really close on the photo. I'm like, oh yeah, sure enough, it's it's not there. I'm like, how did it notice that? The first time I saw a recession um, notification, I'm like, ah, maybe and i look close i start comparing photos i'm like sure enough like maybe a half a millimeter mm-hmm. but it's that accurate okay so the it, naked eye it is better than my eyes yeah, yeah okay. absolutely okay. and consistent every time and just getting better and with before little monitoring you're having to remember exactly where that gingival margin was mm-hmm. eight weeks prior oh that's a good point and then to be able to look at it eight weeks yeah. later when they're here and say oh yeah that's a half millimeter yeah. lower I mean, it's just there's okay. no doctor in the world that can right we're just delivering better care, period. Yeah. So the monitors be able to compare those scans back to back to mm-hmm. back to back and get that precise measurement. more precision, right. Okay. Um, some doctors worry that by using a remote monitoring system, they're going to reduce those touch points and not have that connection with the patient. What do you say to them? Should I have a system? I'm all about the patient experience. Okay. So let's, let's take on a liner case. Instead of giving a direct-to-consumer style, hey, here's your liners, good luck, and, and have them scan, we like to connect with the patients. So one, it's automated where if, if anything's good, we do give feedback back, right? But we have alerts at certain touch points. Let's say they hit a, a landmark that we want to, that I normally would have them in office for. We have the alert to connect with them with our team personally. And, and so dental monitoring has this platform yeah, where you can send a video or a, a customized message that has some quick replies, ways to still make it customized um, and deliver that experience to the patient so they know, hey, the orthodontist and their team is is there every week, every step of the way. And in, in my opinion, you're actually getting more communication, more touch points than ever before because you're getting it weekly and at certain right. landmarks, right? So it's it's the same experience, it's different, mm-hmm. 
But I believe if you do it right, and that's what dental monitoring is doing, is they're providing um, the patient experience in a remote aspect, um, but doing it better than, than I even thought possible. And I agree. We are definitely having more communication than in the traditional setting with those weekly scans and the messaging platform. But also, if you look at the broader culture and society, we're used to connecting through technology, the social media, the influencers. So dental monitoring is allowing doctors to step into that space and connect with our patients via technology to that same level. Yeah, I'm gonna, sorry, I'm gonna yeah, call yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. So I got five kids, right? Okay. And my wife is like, you need to do whatever you can to make it easier on moms, <laughs> right? And and when you look at it, I, I look at her and I, and when we get a lot of things we need done, guess yeah. what time of day it is? When they go to bed. Right. It's like eight, nine, 10 o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. So what I love is moms have even mentioned this to me, oh, I love that we can connect. I can send a question whenever, right? That could be in the evening. Okay. Oh, what about this? Because that's when you have a question. You can't, you don't have time to get on the phone, wait on right. hold, get the, or come down to the, the office yeah. for that. So that even, just even that feature alone, mm -hmm. and we and we customize it. I, it. It is, I got patients all the time tell me that's one of their favorite parts. And the, the before, after. Oh, that, that that's a game changer. People love the motivation to see where they started, where they're currently at. It motivates them to keep doing the thing, doing the little things to make sure the progress is going. Because the questions they used to get like, oh, I haven't, I haven't seen a difference, Doc. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> and now the, we just don't get those questions oh, okay. because they okay. see it. It's like, it just, they went away. Yeah. I had a, a patient who was struggling with their hygiene, sent some messages through the app. It's 9 p.m. at night. Mm -hmm. The artificial intelligence is answering and showing mm -hmm. and connecting with the patient on our behalf. If you can see in the patient's responses, he's getting it. The light bulb's going off about how to take care of his teeth. And we're not part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. We're hanging out with our families. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's it's just mind blowing that that's where we're already here, and it's just we're just getting warmed up. That's great. Well, so what would your advice be to your colleagues who are considering this technology? What should they know going in? <laughs> Shoot, you got to do it. I mean, <laughs> change is hard, mm -hmm. right? So here, so I, you know, I'm I'm the the clinical director of remote care for Smile Doctors. Okay. We, we have over 330 locations. Oh, okay. So about 175 doctors. And so to get that many doctors to change is very difficult. Mm. So here's here's my advice, like like we've already talked about. It's coming, it's here, it's not going away. It's not just a fad, it's just not a new shiny bracket. It's a new way to connect with your patients, period. Um, some people, uh, I use this analogy, I, my daughter one day wanted to take a uh, her tooth out and she tied a string to her tooth <laughs> to the door and she's the personality that she's just gonna kick the door closed and, and it's gonna go. She kicked oh, that God. door closed and that tor tooth came flying out. She barely flinched. She's like, oh, cool, all done. Like she just did the thing, right? <laughs> then in contrast, the same night, my son Zach's like, oh, I got a loose tooth. Like, I wanna do that. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> so there's a 30 minute buildup. Uh -huh. He's emotional, he's scared. He's like almost about to hit that door and just can't quite get it in the background. My daughter is, she's like getting impatient. It's bedtime. She's like, get the door open, man. Like, what are you waiting for? And so finally, out of nowhere, 
She comes from back from behind and karate chops that door. And that tooth just comes flying out. My son immediately starts screaming like, oh my gosh, like what happened? And then all of a sudden he just stops and just like, oh, thanks Zoe. No tears, just like, oh, that was it? Like, And then she looks at me and like, if I would have known he would have thanked me, I would have done that a half hour ago. And so, you know, aren't we all like that? We have different personalities where, you know, some of us, like I'm the mentality, like my daughter, like Mm -hmm. I'm just going to go dive right in. Mm -hmm. I'm going to kick that door in and just go for it. I'm going to rip the bandit off. And then you have others like Zach who are really methodical, a little bit more like skeptical, emotional, worried about what will happen. Like it will hurt all the things. But then when you do it, or somebody else kicks it in for you, it's like, oh, that wasn't that bad. I wish I would have done that sooner, right? So my advice is be like Zoe, kick it in, or hey, (laughs) let me come kick it in for you and just take the plunge. Right. And my Uh, advice along those same lines is you have to be open-minded and you have to take the information that Dental Monitor is giving you to improve your practice and improve the patient care. So if you're building a project, if you're building a chair out of wood and you've been hammering and nailing for 30 years in your clinic, that's how you build chairs. And all of a sudden someone says, hey, check out the screwdriver and screws. And you're like, cool, I like the idea. I like what you're saying, I'll buy it. But then you never actually pick yeah. it up and use it. Mm-hmm. What benefit is it giving? So be open-minded, jump into the deep end. It's hit, uncomfortable. Kick the door screws. Yeah. And growth, growth only comes from getting uncomfortable. If you're not uncomfortable, you're not growing. So that's what happens with us in, the, in our organizations, um, you know, our offices. You just get comfortable. You do the same thing over and over. Some doctors will do it for decades. It works though, but times are changing. And if you want to adapt, you got to change. You got to, you got to kick that door open. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm curious, what is most important to you in your decision-making process when assessing new solutions for your practice? For me, it's, does it work? And what's the benefit? Okay. Because like Josh said, anything you change there's going to be friction. There's going to be uncomfortableness. Mm-hmm. So is the juice worth the squeeze? There are a lot of shiny objects that I can go out and start implementing and purchasing. Yeah. But what benefit does it have to my patients? What benefit does it have to my staff? What benefit does it have to me? And what's it going to take to do to get that up and running? So if those boxes get checked, let's go for it. Let's embrace that change, embrace that uncomfortableness together, and push through knowing that tomorrow is going to be better. Yeah, I love that, Barry. Um, uh, Basically, you talked about the patient experience, right? If it doesn't improve the patient experience, it's a no-go. If it doesn't improve the patient experience, which basically means how to automate and optimize our time and effort so we can focus on the people in front of us, then then why are we doing it? The third is, it does have to make sense on a KPI, a key performance indicator aspect of like, is it, is it, is it helping us be more productive? Um, is there? Is it helping us, you know, also increase um, in other aspects of the business? And, and so financially, is it worth it as well? And uh, this one, by far, I mean, just for saving one one emergency visit for braces, or not having to bring a patient back for a check of liners, and then all the other intangibles of just the patient experience, the interaction. Oh, by far, it's it's worth its weight. When I ran the numbers for doing monitoring uh-huh. in my practice. If I could save one appointment 
I'm breaking even. So yep. I've covered my costs. Okay. That's just saving one appointment. Okay. That has nothing to do with patient experience, mm-hmm. all the extra benefits. If I can save two appointments, then I'm more profitable with dental monitoring than without. Again, when you take that into consideration, plus all the patient benefits and the ease of convenience and communication with our practice and taking them out of school last week, it's just a mountain of evidence in the favor of music. And, and you gotta, like you just mentioned, trust learning from others on how to do it, right? It's like, why reinvent the will? And dental monitoring has tremendous resources to help you implement and understand how to do it. The thing is, if you use it, but you're only using it as a to like check hygiene, that's a terrible reason to have it. You're underutilizing it to the full potential and it won't be it won't be a benefit. It'll actually almost be a burden, actually. So if you're not offloading um, unnecessary in-office appointments and making it easier for your patients, your team, and yourself, then you're using it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Well, given that we are at the AEO and it's the first in-person annual session since 2019, what are you looking forward to while you're here? I love catching up with all my colleagues. Um, I love seeing all the new shiny two tools too and what's coming out. I don't know. I'm a tech guy. That's obviously why I love yeah. you know dental monitoring as an organization. Um, but people, I, I just love this profession. I love connecting with uh, my colleagues, especially since it's been so long since we've been together. Yeah. Um, feels good to not wear a mask and to <laughs> see people, see these smiles, and be together. I agree. The, the camaraderie among our profession. Uh, it's good to be back in the room together. And for me, at these events, a lot of my personal growth comes from conversations I'm having with colleagues, like especially with the last three years being what they've been since we've had a meeting. It's like, okay, how did you, how'd you get through this? What are you doing about that? Like having those organic conversations among colleagues so we can all grow together and further the profession. Right. Well, Dr. Benton and Dr. Agcox, it's been a pleasure to talk with you today. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you to our listeners. Be sure to subscribe to the MedCore Podcast Network for the latest orthodontic products podcast episodes. And in the meantime, to keep up on the latest orthodontic industry news, visit orthodontproductsonline.com. Until next time, take care. Thank, thank you. you.